Welcome to the Motorsports in Focus podcast. I'm your host, David Santiago, joined by my co-host and producer, Joe McKinney. Hope you enjoy. So, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We've had some troubles. No. Lately. <laughs> what, with recording software? Yeah. Well, that and uh, we were going to, we essentially had a week off for various reasons and then we came back, tried to do a podcast and... Uh, technical glitch we did do a podcast we did it was a good one it was a good actually I, I thought the same thing i was like man that was actually a really good episode i'm kind of bummed that one didn't yeah yeah that was didn't really save properly yeah and especially since we were talking about the australian gp which was an absolute mess and oh fun to talk yeah about. i forgot about that goodness gracious <laughs> do you want to touch on that at all since none of our listeners will have heard the lost episode or do we just keep the allure of the lost the greatness of the lost I think, episode i think it's just the lost episode oh boy i think we got to move on it's too it's too far gone at they'll, this point they'll never know <laughs> all the things we said the greatness <laughs> we said some super controversial things oh yeah it was intense yep we were arguing it was great um but now we're just going to move on from that um there's so much going on that i, I don't want to spend the time to go over everything we talked about before so fair enough um so glitches aside uh and it's a shame we lost that episode but moving on we got f1 i want to talk about first okay uh so we've got baku coming up yep uh it's gonna be pretty interesting they changed up the format this year how so so i have to refer to some notes here because i was thoroughly confused now you say refer to notes i see single spaced Three quarters of a document. Yeah, no, three I quarters just, I of just, a page document. Here. I just copied an article because, so, to the best of my recollection, all right, I'll try to rattle it off. Yep. So previously they had the sprint race at Baku, right? Okay. Which I think, just right off the bat, I think sprint races are stupid. That's my personal. The opinion. concept or sprint races for Formula One. The sprint races for Formula One are stupid. Okay. It's a Grand Prix. I think it takes away from the main race to have another race the same weekend. Okay. Um, but they've been doing it. And then this year, so, oh, sorry, let me back up. They previously did it where there was a qualifying session that determined the grid and then they would have. Determine the grid for the sprint race. Uh, for, oh God, see now I'm already confused. Yeah. No, it was, it, so that's it, how yeah, it was. For, for the sprint race and yep. then the sprint race determined the grid for the race. Correct. The problem was after qualifying, there was still a practice session. And so that practice session the cars couldn't be changed because they were in the qualifying configuration, couldn't be changed for the race. And so that practice session was basically useless. Yeah. So Well, no, it was it was good for burning tires. Sure. That you would have maybe used in the race at some point. Yes. But th- at that point, the, the sprint race determined the grid for the real race, right? Yes. So I guess supposedly what they, they put the head, their heads together – this year Mm -hmm. and they said let's not do that because one it takes away from the sprint race if the grid is determined by those results because if a bunch of people are out like people are just going to play it safe like what's it's not really a sprint race you know so (laughs) so now in order to solve that fp2 problem we're going to have a sprint race that takes place (sighs) jesus i'm confused again you want to you want to just read it? Just just go ahead and dive in. Okay, yeah. Enlighten us. All right. So I ripped this from uh, racer.com, which is where I stay up to date on uh, most motorsports stuff. Um, when you're not looking at motorsportsandfocus.com. Exactly. Okay. No, they're a huge organization and they always have stuff coming out pretty quickly. So uh, 
So here we go. FP1 will be followed by Friday qualifying to set the grid for Sunday's Grand Prix, with Saturday becoming solely about the sprint. A morning qualifying session will follow a similar format to the usual Q1, Q2, Q3, but with shorter timings uh, so that one lap is possible in Q3. So you only get one lap in Q3. And then that sets the grid for the sprint race the same day that will carry the same points as previously. So, so we have qualifying and sprint race on Saturday. Yes, but the qualifying sets the grid for the Grand Prix, and the sprint race is basically a free-for-all. But I thought you just said on there that these the qualifying set the grid for the sprint race on that sheet. Yes, it sets the grid for both. Oh, okay. So, but the sprint so race, but the, but the sprint race has no effect on the grid for the actual main Grand Prix. Is what you're getting at. So, the results. Wait, wait, wait! No, no. <laughs> okay, it's confusing. So, there is a qualifying that sets the grid for Sunday. Yes. Okay. And then okay. there's another qualifying session that takes the no. place of that that practice session. There's there's two qualifyings. Yes. And a sprint race. Yes. And three practice sessions. So you literally and have... And a Grand Prix. You have a Grand Prix, you have a qualifying attached to that Grand Prix, and then you have mini qualifying attached to mini race. So what here... Hmm. They, and the grid is set by the main qualifying. They, they have heard of endurance racing before, right? <laughs> <laughs> because that's, that's what I'm gathering from this, is that uh, you might as well just fully commit just do to... do one big race. Yeah, just, yeah. just go ahead and start... At everybody, or, or do a two-day race. You do just, half the race one day, half the race the no, next just, day. Just do a twelve-hour. I mean, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> They're already racing for twelve hours with this garbage, dude. Like, what is going on? Isn't it ridiculous? Uh, yes. I mean, I probably made it sound more ridiculous than it really is. Well, but I, no. I had to read this like four times to figure out what was going on. I, th- I think it's silly. It is, and and the problem is, I like. The sprint race. I, I like the sprint race for Formula One. I'm not necessarily sold on the idea that it should have an effect on the actual Grand Prix itself. But as a spectating event, I'm quite keen on it. Like, it, it's fun. I, I enjoy it. I think that's a good point. I think it's great for the people there at the race that get the most out of their extremely expensive Grand Prix ticket. But I just think it's a terrible concept for something that's supposed well, to be the <clears> pinnacle of motorsports it's like this is the grand prix of this place and they're like well we're going to do two races though one's the big race one's the little race this one's just kind of for show but it's also sort of not for show and then but this is the main one you know like i don't like that yeah well here i mean here's the thing for me is i think the best way for them to go about doing these sprint races like the easiest way to solve this whole thing how many seasons in a row i doesn't i guess it doesn't even have to be in a row but how many seasons in the last two decades that that we've been watching Formula One, have you sat back and had the world champion be crowned with several races left? Yeah, a lot. Many, right? Yeah. So I think the easiest way to incorporate sprint races, keep people entertained, is all of a sudden you go, oh, world championship settled. Sprint races. Let's do a bunch of sprint races. That's a really interesting idea. We'll just slap them on with the Grand Prix. People get more racing. It's not going to... But it, the championship's over already, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Well, the the title's over. The, yeah. yeah. You could even do a sprint race title, like sponsored by 
CrowdStrike or whatever. Like you, you name the company that wants to hold it. That's so, that's, that's, that's involved so, in Formula One. That's so American of you. Of course it is. And the, no, no. The reason I say that, I'm gonna get it, get off on a tangent here. So, I just uh, did an up. Not a, I guess it's an upgrade to the website. I have the schedule released on there now. Okay. So if you go to, I've titled it the resources page. So I have a resources page, and on there, if you can click F1, IMSA, WC, or IndyCar, and it'll show you the schedule for 2023. Mm-hmm. And personally, I don't like naming the races by the sponsor because I think that's, like, it's hard to follow. Like, what the heck is the AT&T Grand Prix? You're like, what's yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. And so I'd rather say it's the Nashville GP or what, what they're doing is taking a page out of golf. Yes, but <laughs> that just reminded me of it. Do you know how frustrating it was to make that? And I would get to one of the races, and it would literally be the uh, NPB Grand Prix. Or, like, one of them was literally, like, the uh, – I'm making something up here. Like, race race for the blah, 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 and NPP. And you're just like, what? what is that? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. You know? It was just this total no-name thing. No, totally. And uh, <laughs> it's just really frustrating. I'm, like, Googling – even on their uh, IndyCar's website, I couldn't find some of the circuits. I had to, like, Google yeah, the in, event. Indy, IndyCar is particularly bad. They do – like, F1 does it as well, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah it, I, the, you, <laughs> you should look up right now uh, F1's schedule. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll do it if we get some dead air or time. Uh, the Imola Grand Prix. Yeah. You know, the, the first Italian Grand Prix R- that we have. Right. The name of that is absolutely ridiculous. So wait, it, it's, do we actually have multiple Italian Grand Prix this this year, or is one yes. of them like because wasn't, no, 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 but, wasn't well, there a European Grand Prix that was based in Asia a couple of years ago? Like because it well it was at they hosted the European Grand Prix at it might have been at Baku, and Baku technically is not in Europe, or I think Baku is in Europe, it, but there was some race that they had hosted that in a very very far western it asian like nation not it's not technically europe but it was a european grand prix and you're like guys what what are we doing here <laughs> that's hilarious yeah i i will have to look it up but yes there's two italian grand prix but only one of them is the italian grand prix okay the other one is imola and it's it's literally like it's five it's the words. not italian grand prix. yeah the not italian grand prix I- I, just, I, th- I think that's what we should just call it from now on. Yeah. You either have the Italian Grand Prix or the not Italian Grand Prix. Because <laughs> what else would it be? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was pretty funny. And uh, I'm trying to think how I got on that subject. That was from uh, the, 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 the... Well, the Monza oh, yeah, one is the Formula One Pirelli Grand Primo d'Italia. Yeah, that's that's short it's, compared to the other one. Yeah. It's on there. It's sh- It should be before that one. So earlier in the earlier in the year, it should be not too far away, actually. Oh, 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 dear God! Oh, you okay. found it. I did. Perfect. <laughs> so Italy, Formula One, Qatar Airways Grand Primo del Made in Italy. I don't even know how I want to pronounce that, man. E della mia Romagna, twenty twenty three. What the hell is that, <laughs> dude? Yeah. That's that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Formula One Qatar Airways Grand Primo. Obviously, that's Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously Grand Prix of Italy in Italian. Grand, uh, Grand Primo uh, Del Mare in Italy. Okay. <laughs> I della mia Romagna? I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't speak even sort of yeah. Italian. Like I, I shortened it. To, I'm, I'm throwing my Spanish twang on it, and that's yeah. all I got, man. <laughs> I, I shortened that to uh, Imola GP on the website. Yeah, 
for sanity's sake. Listen, no one, nobody, no one <laughs> that is going to our website and following Formula One for their schedule is going to look at the Imola Grand Prix and go, "What?" Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, uh, it, I had to do that so many times. It was really funny. That is bad. That's, I'm glad you pointed that out, though. That I I enjoyed that. Yeah. It's a good laugh. I it, also got really but, confused because on in Indy, there are they go to Indianapolis three times. They yes. Do the, they do yeah. the infield twice. Oh, really? I didn't. I I know. Do they do the infield twice or yeah. the? I thought I, I, thought, I thought they I screwed up. I thought they did the the ro, rectangle twice. No, they the, the Indy five hundred obviously is yeah. the oval. Yeah, and I thought they, they do, did one more there. They, then they do the road course. Yeah. Well, they do the road course the week before, two yes, weeks before. Yes. Yeah. But then later in the season they go back. Mm. And I was like doing the schedule, and I look, I'm like, oh, I must have opened this one twice. And I was like, wait, no, it's got a different sponsor. This, they go back and do the same race. Interesting. Yeah. Ah, anyway, that was interesting. But uh, that actually should <laughs> be uh, pretty useful on the website. Um, I've used it a couple times already. Yeah. Just so I knew what was going on this weekend. So, um, so yeah, if you want to check that out, you can. And we're not going to tell you what's going on this weekend. You have to go to the website. Definitely not. Yeah, go to the website now. Then come back to the podcast. Yes. Uh, but no, the whole or reason... Or do it while you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Sure. And while you're there, you might as well scroll through some photos. Yeah, you might as well check out the most recent story, which I haven't gotten to talk about because we haven't been on in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally got the story out for uh, the Sebring 12 Hours, and uh, I basically focused on what makes it special. So if you want to go read that, you can. It's not too long. That one was only like a thousand words. So, uh, and then I got to get the gallery for Sebring up. Sebring was a long time ago, but uh, it takes a long time to. Yeah, what? Approximately a month ago. Yeah, we're already at Long Beach, so. Yeah. That's. Well, that's all right. I have a full grasp on how long editing takes, considering my my wife also does photography. So yeah. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, oh my god, I can't. No, <laughs> no. You would hate. You would hate to watch me edit, especially recently because i've started taking more and more pictures i'm not somebody for instant gratification necessarily uh-huh. like I, it's i'm not the type of person that that shies away from delayed gratification yeah but photo editing dude i it doesn't end no. like that's the thing is at no point does it end because you're like oh I, I gotta adjust that yeah and then you go back and you go no that's not right i gotta adjust that no no and it, you then you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning and you go, nah, I got to adjust that. And you adjust it back to where you had it before. Yep. And then you go to sleep again and you do it again. Yeah. And so, I, I did an Instagram post today. It's like, it's a, my... it's a life cycle of yeah. unending unhappiness. <laughs> like it it's... is, it's painful. <laughs> I describe it to people as painful because uh, you're never happy with it. And you're like trying to extract every ounce of, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, creativity out of a picture. And the post I did today. Potential. Perhaps. Yeah, potential. It's a good word for it. Um, I did like a 10-shot spread, which you're multiplying your pain times 10 when you do those. Okay. But I always tell myself I'm going to do one picture, and then I gather all the pictures that I'm considering and go, oh, man, i got to use this one. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, I'll do like a three-shot post. And I'm like, oh, I really want to use this one, though. So then I'll do like a five shot. I got to say, this is a little bit of a humble brag. Oh, this photo is so good. I got to use this one too. No, I'm sure. This oh, happens. this no. photo is so good. I'm sure this happens <laughs> to everybody. I'm sure it does. I just got to give you a little bit of crap for yeah. it. And eventually I end up with a 10 shot post and I'm like tweaking every single one and then I'll send it to my phone and it looks slightly different on my phone. 
I go, I, you know what, I got to go back. I got to change the color here, change that crop slightly over here. Send it to my phone again. I go, I get the post already. I'm like, I don't like that third photo. So I don't go back. I'll pick another photo and then I'll put it in. And I'm like, mm. one, one more thing, one more thing. And then it, literally it takes me like at least two hours to do a social media post. I just factor that in now. And that's with the photos pretty much Dude, already I, ready to go. I've got no words. <laughs> I've got no <laughs> words for you, man. I, and the crazy part is um, a shout out to all the people who, you know, have done, especially, I, I mostly know about motorsports photography, but if the people out there that do motorsports photography, they are shooting like the beginning of the day, they're up for sunrise, shoot, go back, edit, send stuff off to their client, back out there, come back, edit, shoot more stuff off of the client, and just repeat that process until the race is done. And that is the hardest part about doing motorsport photography for one of your clients. How's their quality in comparison, though? Are they taking the time to hit all the details by doing it that way? Uh, yes and no. You hit not, not to say that these guys aren't consummate professionals, yeah. but... You hit the details you have to. Okay. And then you have to accept that you're leaving potential on the table and you're leaving potential shots on the table okay because you can't go through with a fine tooth comb so you pick right. out what you know is going to work and then you just got to leave the rest for later fair enough and uh but when you're not doing that like for example I, the last post i did was from an air show mm -hmm. um and i took twenty thousand shots and what i do when is that normal that many well ish yes normal ish yeah yes and no for th that was over three days I do about 5,000 a day, usually. What, what number shocks you? Uh, 20,000 shocks me. Okay. All right. I don't try to do that. It just happens. Yeah. I try not to do that because yeah. I know it takes so long to go through everything. You also don't have a film camera, which is well, immensely beneficial. Yeah. You wouldn't be taking 20,000 with a Kodak, would you? No, no, no. <laughs> but, you know, that's it's what happens when you have a fast, uh, not, not fast shutter, but, uh, you know, you're camera does like 14 fps or now they go even higher and uh you're trying to catch action shots you know yeah yeah but um yeah it takes a I don't, long time I don't to blame, go through all those i don't blame any but, photographer for taking that many photos it makes sense i mm -hmm. mean if you're if your whole job is to get the right shot and to make sure that you're doing things properly and you're giving yourself the best opportunity to get the right shot then yeah, it's just statistics. You're yeah. going to end up in a better position if you take more photos. Exactly. And it's really not that bad because you have such basically have groups of the same thing. So you go in and go, okay, that's a good one. And like when you're editing fast for a client, you just pick out the good one and you move on. But when it's just me yeah. <laughs> and I want to do the best posts I possibly can, I go through all of them and pick out all the ones that are good, then compare them and pick the sharpest one out of the bunch. Well, I would I would imagine. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you know if you're going through, even if you let's say you had a light event, right, and you go to five thousand photos, yeah, I would think that of those five thousand photos, in there are groups of approximately seven to eighteen, seven to twenty photos that are identical in a row, yeah, and you just have to go. That's the clearest of those 18. All right, screw the rest. Mm -hmm. So you can really cull very quickly yeah. with a lot of that stuff. Yes. Your preliminary cull, you can cut down, what, at minimum 50% of your photos? Way more than that. Okay. I, uh, For example, the last one I did of that 20,000, when I culled down to what I considered, like, usable. So that includes, like, I didn't use every single shot of the sequence. So usable shots that were, like, I'm willing to post. 
uh, there was like two thousand of that uh, twenty thousand, and then I called that I call it down further and okay. further and further. Okay, so you're talking ten percent of of the photos instantly, yeah. and I'd say that's can, a lot. You that's... can say you're good to go on ten yeah. percent of photos, yeah, which is crazy to think. I mean, it, you you flip the statistic, ninety percent of your photos are hot garbage. Uh, according, like essentially, yeah, I'm sure they're you. fine. Yeah, according to you, according the to the photographer, yeah. it's hot garbage. Yeah, 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 and um. That's a lot. I'd say that's pretty generous um, in terms of like like a weekend. If you're shooting for somebody, it'd be more like, you know, the end that you shoot off to the client, like the final uh, group of photos is probably a couple hundred. So like 200 to 300 maybe, depending on the event. Okay. So so <laughs> you can imagine culling everything. That's the hardest part of taking photos is culling everything down to what you want, what you think the client wants. And making it good, acceptable, publishable stuff. Yep. And different, right? Not all the same. Yeah, thing. That, I, I've seen. I've seen my wife struggle through that multiple times. She's just sitting there, just beating her head against the wall, trying to find the right photos to send off. And what's particularly interesting, like she she doesn't take two thousand photos because she does a lot of like uh, wedding photography, couples mm-hmm. photography, etc. Yeah. And what she does with that is you cut it down. To let's say you have 200 photos, right? You cut it down by the end of the uh, by the end of the session. You're sending the client like six photos or five photos. That's it's like, rough. Wow. Yeah. Like your it standards. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And she does packages and stuff like that where you can get more photos or whatever. But that's uh, when because she used to send something like 15, 20, 30. 50 photos whatever or i'll send the whole gallery type of thing like yeah. all right i feel just edit how many i think are good and then send them off and she's like i'm literally i'm not only wasting time i'm actually giving the client a product for free essentially yeah, yeah. so for you to be going oh yeah i'm getting down to like two thousand photos is just mind-boggling <laughs> you know it's it's, yeah. it's it's really incredible it makes sense given the style of photography that you're doing versus what she's doing but yeah and you're not touching them as much as you would be doing portrait stuff Portrait stuff is really intensive in terms of like spot correcting and yes. doing a lot of minute changes. Yep. Um, whereas I'm just hitting it, adjusting the color, cropping, um, that kind of stuff. But I just overanalyze. Usually. How m- how much if if you if you'll let me continue to yeah poke the bear I guess how much do you rely on presets because from what I understand a lot of photographers are very keen on at least getting their own custom preset. And then that is almost just that that calls a huge amount of photos immediately. If their preset doesn't fit that photo, get it the hell out. Um, yes and no. I have a bunch of different presets because, uh, I mean, this podcast is all about going off rails. So let's just dive in here. Well, I mean, it's but, it's your photography podcast. No, yeah, for sure. Podcast. But, uh, this is like a. You just asked me, like. The thing that I do every day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I could talk about this for a while. But uh, what I do is I have I have presets that I've made, but I didn't like just set out to make a preset. I'll edit a photo from an event because I try to treat every event differently because mm-hmm. the light and the background and the colors of every event are different. Like I swear to God, you can look at a picture from England, and for some reason you look at it and you go, that looks like England. You know, it's like yeah, the yeah, colors, yeah, yeah. the sky. Yep. Just has a certain color palette. I know what you're talking um, about. So you can't use the same preset, in my opinion, there that you would use somewhere else, like okay. in Florida. So I have different presets that I'll make. It's also two extremes. Yes, exactly. But I'll make a preset 
for an event and tweak it. I might start from like a base preset and all that base preset is is like color contrast kind of thing. Um, obviously, but uh, then I'll tweak it so that it fits like at Sebring it has sort of that like clay dirt that's like really reddish orange. Mm-hmm. So I got to make sure that that color is nice. Okay. I don't want it to look like gross. I get you what know? you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it has to match the blue. So you're catering you to your environment in exactly. a way as well. Yeah. Yeah. But then once you have that, then you just slap it on everything that from that set. Okay. And then tweak as needed. Okay. Um, yeah, because I've noticed like a lot of photographers that that I've seen from whether it's my wife showing me or or whatever it doesn't matter. Uh, they have their kind of set style, right? Yeah. Like it's a very clear cut. You see that that sort of preset, that color correction, whatever you, whatever it is, and yeah. you go, that is definitely that photographer. Like you, if you put a you, let's say you give me one photo, right? And it looks like this, and then you put five out here, and you say wh- which photographer uh, match the photographer, right? And you go, oh, it's clear. Like yeah. you oh, can yeah. always go, okay, I know who did this or who did that. Like I know what things she's making adjustments to. I know what approximately her coloring is. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you have to find your own style eventually. I've experimented with a bunch of different stuff and sort of wound up in a certain place. But I've, I've still I've been trying new stuff even the past couple weeks. Um, so. I think you're constantly changing. Oh, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, your taste is going to constantly change as well. You're going to like things, and then you're not going to like things. Yeah, but um, I like using presets because I like to quickly just sort of glance at all of them because I might see an attribute on one preset that I like. I go, you know, I want to try to incorporate that into this other one. And sometimes, depending on – because I used to be sort of against, like, over-editing and mm-hmm. really going crazy with the editing process. But now, I don't really mind. I kind of enjoy it. And just trying to bring out as much as, like, everything that is in that photo, just try to bring everything that I can. Okay. And just do different things with it. Like, you can pretty much make a silhouette shot from any photo, depending on the exposure. But it's like, do you want to make a silhouette shot from everything? You know? Yeah. And sometimes it makes a lot of sense. Sometimes it doesn't. But I like to just try it on everything Yeah. if I have the, the time. Um, so stuff like that, um, I think is kind of fun and useful, but do do you, are there any hard and fast rules for photography editing that you follow? Maybe not necessarily like 100% of the time commit to it, but, oh, if you have this set of lighting, then, then you're free to go to black and white. But if, if you don't have these keys, then don't touch black and white or like, is there anything like that when you're going through an editing and just immediately you look at a photo and you're like, that thing's gotta be sepia or whatever. Like, you, you um, know, no. Okay. No, I'm, I'm of the opinion personally that I, I just, everything is open. Everything's fair game. Okay. And I say that because I've taken some photos, like one of my favorite photos I've taken was one of the Thunderbirds passing by the sun and at the time, I was shooting in manual mode, and I didn't adjust quick enough for looking directly at the sun, and it was totally washed out. And when I got back, it was, like, literally, like, white. And then I was able to bring back, like, the silhouette and the colors from that image. Mm-hmm. It's, like, one of my favorite shots. It's not the sharpest shot, but, like, I brought that back from nothing. How is that a thing? Like, because I've seen that before. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so it's just... When you say washed out for anybody that is not like with photography, like white. yeah, it's just straight white, like yeah, a yeah. piece of paper. Yeah. How the hell is there actually still image in that? Like that's what I don't understand yeah. about about photography. Because it's not actually white. That's how. Because uh, 
pure white is like really white and your camera has a dynamic range between pure white and pure black and within that is information and so it doesn't necessarily it does matter how close you are to the extremes like if i took a picture of this room and you saw it and it was just mostly black with some of the outlines of stuff mm -hmm. i can bring it back and you could identify everything but it's going to look really bad you're going to have a lot of noise right yeah typically so from my very basic understanding you it, it is easier to go from overexposed to a good photo than underexposed to a good photo because you end up with so much noise on significantly underexposed. I think that's... As a general rule. Yeah, general I'm not, rule. Okay. Uh, I do the opposite generally because a lot of what I shoot is under harsh lighting conditions outside. Okay. So I actually underexpose most of the time. Okay. And then bring it back because I hate harsh highlights on the subject and you don't fight noise or anything like that I'm and when i when i say noise for those that don't understand photography correct like me if i'm wrong rainy yes yeah a lot of it looks sandy almost yeah, with if digital if, cameras like, it's bad because it's like a color noise so it's like purpley brown noise yeah um which just looks gross and but i i underexpose and i'm only underexposing like a couple of stops which in like photography terms um it's kind of arbitrary in general but I'm not underexposing a lot, just just enough to like dampen the highlights. Okay. And then I just bump it up slightly. And I also find that I get better contrast and color that way. Interesting. Or, uh, that I like. Okay. At least. Um, that's what I like about photography, though. Like, I love the idea of doing something that's like, hey, here's this tool in front of you. It has all these different settings. You can do whatever the heck you want. Right. And spit out whatever you want. And like, people will tell you what's the proper exposure and the proper this and the proper that. And you need to know generally that stuff, but the fun isn't just breaking all the rules and doing random stuff yeah. that shouldn't work, but then you see it and you go, that's cool. Yeah. It's like you've discovered something. Right. That, that's what's exciting to me, and that's why I really like, like in that situation where it was way overexposed, uh, I think part of the reason that I was able to bring it back because it was looking at the sun and so that created a harsh contrast between the sun and the subject. So essentially, the, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that, so the subject is then, even though they're both white, yeah. as you see it, yeah. the subject is still significantly darker. Exactly. There was a clear defining line between sunlight and subject. Yeah, okay. So so that stuff matters. And once you... But the only reason, the only way you can learn that kind of stuff is when you break the rules and you do crazy stuff. Yeah. You know, and then you learn, oh, hey... You know, I can do this and still get something out of it, you know. So that's uh, that's the fun of it. Anyway, we got way off topic there. Only a bit. Yeah. But um, how did we get there? I don't I don't honestly know. I think you, you were talking about the F1 race having a title sponsor for the sprint races yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. But I don't know how we got onto the photography portion of it. I don't know. We'll have to go. We'll have to go back and listen. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, no, but I don't know. Yeah, that stuff is interesting. I, I'm really excited to have photographers on the podcast and just pick their brain about some of this stuff because I'm curious if they feel like total well, 180 opposite of what I think. I think or. And it's kind of it's kind of fun for me too, in in the sense that I am disinterested enough to not um 
to not do it myself, mm-hmm. but interested enough to appreciate the artistic and almost engineering behind it in a way. And yeah. I, so I, for me to be able to hear you talk about that or if we interview somebody else or even when my wife talks about it, it's like, okay, I can see where you're going. Like I can, I can kind of pick up on it and be like, ah, I get this. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun to get somebody else in here. And I like, I can't, I, I want to probe them. Like, I just yeah. want to be like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, I ask a lot of questions. I like questions. Questions are good. <laughs> Photography is like one of those things. It's, it's, it's uh how do you describe it it's like it's not very deep in terms of the stuff that you need to figure out but it is um what's the i'm doing a hand signal to try to you know what i'm talking about spectrum no it's not deep but it is wide yes but there's a word for that that sounds nicer breadth i don't it's not breadth but that's what's coming to mind anyway it's not that deep. Like I'm you just can, not, I'm not following you here, man. Like you, you lost me on this one. You can learn a lot of the stuff. You can pick it up, and it all makes sense. <clears throat> but when you try to do it all at the same time, it's a lot. So yeah, you're you're almost getting at that the barrier for entry is very very high, or rather, the barrier for entry is very very low, but the skill ceiling is very high. Sort of because there's yeah. a lot there's a lot for you to yeah. learn what to do, to and do there's a whole in, lot of creativity yeah. that can come from it. But the but. To, to pick up a camera and point it at, a, at an object and fire is not a difficult process. No, no. You could learn that really the bar- quickly. The barrier for entry is very low. Yes. yes. But the skill ceiling, to do it right, to, to get everything done properly and make sure that it looks clean. Yes. In the moment. Much more difficult. When you have well, one chance to get it. That's the other thing, too. So here, uh, let me ask you a question. Coincidentally, my, and then we can move on to your next subject. Sorry, I keep, <laughs> no, keep probing. Um, my uncle is also a photographer. And he always told me that one of the hardest things to shoot on the planet is the sky. So if you're shooting planes, anything like that, because what typically happens is the colors, there is not very much contrast. The white, the light blue, typically the light gray on a lot of the the planes or jets or whatever, makes it incredibly difficult to actually get a clean shot. Yeah. Is this true? Because it strikes me as something that is true. Like, it, it does make sense, but... I would say it's true in the traditional sense, yes. Although, I would say that for the sake of variety and creativity, it doesn't matter as much as you think. Um, there are a lot of cool shots to be had if you just kind of pay attention. Okay. So one of the things, like for, at an air show, for example, like at Sun and Fun, where I was just at, um, you'll see a ton of people with cameras. And one of the, not funny, but like amusing things that I always see is they'll do some sort of aerobatics right in front of you, and then everybody puts their cameras down. Meanwhile, the the plane's still going. He's just behind the crowd. You know what's behind the crowd? The sun. And so, like, I always try to pay attention, even after the maneuver, what the clouds are like all around me. Because if there's okay. a really cool cloud off to the left, and he banks off to the left right in front of that cloud, I want that shot. Not the one so where he's dead center, washed out by the sun, and or in the shade of cloud. You're actually planning ahead of time. That, you're, uh, you're you're seeing the potential shot before it's occurred. Yes. Yeah, and just knowing where the light is, where, because the sky is your background, but not necessarily. You can move back from the show line, and you could put other planes or people in the foreground, or you could have something else in the foreground. Like one of the shots I did was 
there's a Sun and Fun gate, and it's a big banner, and it says Sun and Fun. And I waited for the Blue Angels to pass overhead, like directly in line with that sign. So you see Sun and Fun and the Blue Angels above it. And you can't do that if you're just looking at show center. Yeah. You know? And so that's that's where, like, like yes, in order to take, like, the good contrast, proper three-quarter, like, banked toward you shot of a plane, mm-hmm. yeah, you need those conditions for it to look nice. Okay. But once you bag that, because you got to bag that at some point, you know, get that kind of shot. Yeah. Then you just go try all sorts of other stuff and then it doesn't necessarily matter okay to answer your question it's like for that for a good shot yes like for a calendar type shot yes for all the other stuff pff, it's make something happen with what's there okay you know? that's that's what i think at least. I, what i'm getting is that everybody overthinks everything just go ahead and take the shot yes yes okay that's a good way to put it actually like i think uh and i'm guilty of that a lot of the times so i'll <clears throat> i have a really bad problem at events where like what I'm looking at in front of me, I look at it and I go, it's not interesting because I'm there. And it's like, I've been there for two days and I'm like, it's just the same thing I've been seeing. Yeah. And then I go home and go, why didn't I take that shot? That was really interesting. That's fair. Yeah. You know, but it's because it's there in front of me and I'm like, ah, all I got to do is point the camera. At well, it. that's, that's always been, cause I, I, I had a, I had a camera, uh, like a, a good camera, a decent enough one early on when I first started to get into to motorsports and I realized I'm spending way more time behind the camera because I'm mm-hmm. dedicated to the idea of trying to get the right shot. Right. Yeah. than I am paying attention to the sport. And very quickly I decided I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. I want to pay attention to the sport. Mm-hmm. It, you do have to seemingly do have to make that decision. Am I committing to the camera and everything that's going through the camera or am I committing to watching the sport? Yeah. Yeah, I whatever the sport may be, mm-hmm. I, think, I think, or that's, event, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, you, you know. want to decide if you want to get into photography or not. You just got to do that. But it, go, it, I mean, it, it goes to what you're saying. Like a lot of people are putting the camera down. Oh, I want to watch this. It's like, no, no. If you yeah. want the shot, there's all sorts of stuff yeah. happening right in front of you. Yeah, that that's the cool part about. See, I'm getting all excited about it because like, the coolest thing things are right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, like today I posted this shot of. Uh, uh, there was a C-17 on static display, big cargo jet, and under the wing, everybody hangs out uh, in the shade. Yeah. And, uh, and I turned around, and I was like, wow, look at that. You can literally see an exact line of where the shade starts. Everybody, like, piled into the shade. <laughs> and so I stuck the camera on the ground and got, like, a worm's eye view shot of everybody under the shade of the wing. Yeah. And it's like, the only way you can even notice that, which is right in front of you, or behind you, you know, is to just like look around and, and decide like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. And just take a picture of it. But being, I keep being trying acutely to tell myself, aware of your surroundings, yes. really. I keep trying to tell myself like, take the picture, even if you're just kind of like, meh. Take the picture anyway. Well, you I know? mean, what what does it cost you to delete a photo? Nothing. Well, it takes time later to go through everything. Yes, but, of course. But yeah. if I mean, if you're already at twenty thousand, what's twenty two thousand? That that attitude has gotten me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> that's how i got to twenty thousand. yeah but uh no you're, it's true um you're better off taking the photo than not taking it and a lot of times some of my favorite photos are ones where i was just spraying and praying and i got something that i didn't even anticipate or think about or like just a really candid like oh that's kind of cool and i took the shot and then later i'm like i am so glad 
yeah. I took that picture and just didn't just look at it and go, that's cool. Which I've done before, and then later I'm like, why didn't I take a picture? It's <laughs> so stupid. That's what I was there for. So, but yeah, it's um, that's that's what makes it fun. Is like it's just all right there in front of you, and it's just what you make of it. Yeah. So, it's a lot of fun. No, it's fair. Yeah. We're I, we're definitely gonna get into some really deep dives when we get some. Uh, photographers on here i'm pretty yes. excited yeah I, I have a feeling yeah i'm gonna be sitting here like with the occasional question <laughs> and then like an hour's worth of just discussion between you two <laughs> or three or yeah. who how many ever are here no that's totally fine but um so anyway uh back to i don't even remember where we left off but i do just want to say real quick hopefully the sebring gallery for the 12 hours up um probably tomorrow it should be up so that should be interesting, and because I want to get it up before Long Beach. <laughs> so tomorrow, meaning approximately this weekend, because episode should go up tomorrow. Yes, so we're recording on a Thursday this week, so uh, Friday yeah. before Long Beach. Just squeak it in. So anyway, let's see what I got here. So I think um, we mostly covered F1. It's just that sprint race. Yeah, it's just it's just odd. I mean, yeah. I, we'll tune in this week, and, and the race, we can recap the race later, you know. Yeah. But, but so you're okay with the sprint races? To some extent. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like that they... I'm okay with the sprint race as a race. I am not necessarily too keen on the idea of stuffing it into the middle of a schedule and expecting F1 drivers to actually commit to it. But I'm also big on the idea of if the F1 drivers all agree that, hey, or even most agree that, hey, this is kind of fun. Let's Yeah, let's do this. I'd, ra- I'd rather have a sprint race this weekend than not have a sprint race this weekend. Then sure, go for it. Okay. If uh, Essentially, if it has a, a middling to no effect on the, on the crew and the drivers, then yeah, go for it. Because hmm. I would imagine a lot of them... I. I would be willing to bet that if you took a, a poll of F1 teams, including driver, management, everything, I bet you they would rather drop a practice and add a sprint race for most races than the other way around because of how valuable the practice is, of like a, a race practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, There is no replacement for just doing the damn thing. I never thought about that. That's actually a really good point. Um, that's really true. Like, you're not going to get a better rehearsal for the actual Grand Prix than a sprint race. Right. So I would imagine, so long as it's not that much more of a toll on the car, and it probably is a significantly larger toll on the car. Yeah. Because, you know, qualifying really is not hard on the cars. And practice, they can choose how hard they want to push. So... It probably is a significant toll on the car in comparison, but if it's something they can't... I think if it's done right, they're going to be keen on it. So, like, if it's something where, okay, yeah, we'll do a bunch of sprint races, but you need to give us one more engine for, for our allocation or something like that per year yeah. because of it, I would bet that a lot of the guys are going to be like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do these because these are way too valuable for us to get the information. And, and I didn't see, uh, I was skeptical at the start of sprint races when they were introduced last year or the year before. It's within the last two yeah, years. Yeah. I was skeptical at, at, the t- at the beginning. I have since become less skeptical once I realized that they've really truly had no effect on the outcome of the, uh, 
of the primary Grand Prix. It doesn't seem to with like I was going to say withdraw. It's not exactly what I want to say. It's it doesn't seem to take away from from the aura of the of the proper Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, most people just forget that there's a sprint race on and don't watch it. Yeah. Um, it do you, do you think... doesn't seem to change the driver's attitude when it comes to the actual Grand Prix. Yeah. They just want to win the Grand Prix. Do you think it'd be better, or do you think it's important for the sprint race to determine the starting grid for the main race? No, I would. Or do you pref- think they should be separate? I, I, that's what I was going to say. As I would prefer them to be completely separate. Um, okay. I if <clears throat> if they do have any connection, I would rather them. I would rather the sprint race have some determining factor on the starting lineup for the for the Grand Prix rather than actually count as points towards the drivers or constructors championship because I don't think that's the right way to do it. But I I w- I guess I'd prefer it to just pretty much be a non-entity like an exhibition. What I want it is for it to be a practice. But gotcha. but of some value. Like I, I don't. I don't know. Points or something. Well, no, I don't want championship points for it. Hmm. I, I, which, which makes it next to impossible to make it meaningful. Yeah, I'm trying to think how you would do that. I maybe you can. I, I, I think you'd have to do something with the regulations. I think you'd have to cr- try to come up with something where, okay, the sprint races don't count towards the cha- the constructors championship or the drivers championship, but. If you're on your third out of four engines and you participate in the sprint race and win or podium, you get another engine allocation mm-hmm. or, you know, something along those lines where it's not really a significant, it's not a, it's not a significant advantage. It's so a like get out of jail free car. Something or gets the team it's, some sort of advantage that they can use in the race or down, later in the season somehow. It, it's not, a, not an advantage. It's a get out of jail free card. Okay. It's a oh crap we're about to be penalized because of this, but if we commit to this then we'll end up okay. Hmm. I'd be much more okay with that than constructors championship points or something like that. Because because be now you're not requiring everybody to commit fully to it. Yeah, you're encouraging. It does add like a Joker element to it as well. So it's like. Joker and racing scares the hell out of me just because of the Joker <laughs> laps in, in rally cross. I hate those things so much. I do too. They're always annoying because you couldn't tell who was actually winning. Um, it's kind of like because uh, it's crap racing. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's sort of like pit stops in uh, normal racing. You're like, oh, so and so's in the lead. You're like, oh, he just has no. Because you you yet. you can actually properly follow when someone goes into a pit stop. Yeah, and you go okay. This is the delta we're likely to see this car ahead. You That's go true. on a Joker lap and you're like, "Dude, I don't know why. Why is that guy over there well, and this guy's over here? Like, are they gonna ra- cr- yeah. Like, what is going on right now?" Rally cross races are so short anyway that you can't even get into the strategy. Yeah, well, it's like dirt biking. I mean, that's the thing is, I, 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 I love the the vehicles. Yeah, like dirt bikings or like dirt you're bikes ta- you're themselves talking like are awesome. Supercross. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, right? Yeah, like I, I think that's really cool stuff. But when you start incorporating heats, I'm like, I'm out, man. I just, I can't do this. Like, this is garbage. Like, what is going on here? And it, it's a personal thing for me. It's like, it, it's not, it's not an indictment on the sport. Yeah. It's just like, I, uh, it, when, when we're talking about heats, I'm just, no, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. 
you got to be like super invested to understand what's going yeah. on. I feel we have a good friend that really, really likes it, and yeah. it's just I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I've never been able to do. It. I tried. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. But um, all right. Well, I think that's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, that race is uh actually quite a ways away. It's going to be the 28th and 30th. Okay. Of, so uh, it's not this weekend. No. Okay. No, no, no. Um, so we can talk. Uh, if we wanted to, we could talk more about sprint races next Ooh. week. Oh, yeah. Um, we could but, uh, really kill that dead horse. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on to uh, Indy. So this weekend, we have actually a lot of stuff going on. We have the Long Beach Grand Prix for Indy, and we also have, at the same time, uh, IMSA there as well for their race. And then we also have Portimao. I always forget that IMSA goes to, to, to yeah. Long Beach. It just never doesn't yeah. even click in my head because I, I i see long beach and i immediately think of indy and fd yeah and you think of indy and you're like oh man that's gonna be a mess in long beach yeah and then you're like you, like you think about imsa you're like oh my god they're gonna have multi-class racing in yes <laughs> so um yeah it'll be interesting i like do i remember the correctly they don't do the prototypes no they do they do okay yeah, yeah, yeah. okay full-on normal imsa race okay um I like the circuit, though. I'm kind of excited for the race, and I'm looking forward to, to watching both What races. do you like about it? Like, I, I don't just, mean specifics. I just, like, what is it that, that draws you in about that track? I like street circuits in general, but I don't like... I gotta, let me phrase this very specifically. Yeah, I'm curious, because that, that first sentence doesn't, doesn't mesh well. I like the risk associated with street circuits in terms of, like, pushing the limit brushing the wall like the limits right there okay. there's no oh you just go off track and then rejoin you know it's like wall you know that's yeah. it yeah and so i like that i think you see a lot of exciting shots in terms of watching the racing where you're like oh man you just a little bit of oversteer and just like the tire just kisses the wall on yeah. the exit that yep. kind of stuff okay i think that's awesome and i think it's really cool that they even run races so like you that. you like the severe reduction in margin for error Yes. Okay. But the downside of that is caution laps constantly and red flags and crashes. Non-stop safety cars. Yes. Like non-stop yes. safety cars. And they're they're even worse in person. And pretty much crap racing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it sure it might be the hot lap express and that it's exciting in that sense. Yes. But God, it it it's always bad racing, man. It's it's just. Even the best proper street courses, you're just like, what? Are we, can we just? Where's a bank? Like, <laughs> what? Like, just give me something. I yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I just, just I live for those uh, cool moments. At least when I'm watching on TV, I live for those cool moments. I get it. The Wall of Champions is iconic as all get out. Yeah, but that also is not entirely a street circuit. Canada it, for Formula One is no. like it sort of is, but isn't. Long Beach is a proper street circuit. It, it is, and it's yeah. just... Especially with that hairpin. Something goes wrong in that hairpin, and you have an almighty pileup. Yeah, but that's not a good thing. At least no. not as far as I'm concerned. I don't think I it's don't, I don't think so either. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just stating it. Here, Okay, so would you rather watch FD or IndyCar at Long Beach? Because I know you're not the biggest Formula Drift fan. 
You're not not a fan, but you're you're not the biggest fan. I yeah, I like it visually. I just don't like it. We don't like else. the judging aspect. Yeah, of it. exactly. Yeah, of course. I, if they did just didn't judge it and they just yeah did the drifting, I'd be like fine. So with spec- that. you're sitting on your couch Sunday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Spectating. What do you want to watch? IndyCar. Okay. It feels so. More... I dis I disagree just because of Long Beach. Yeah. I just I get it. If you're telling me Watkins Glen versus you name whatever yeah. FD track, yeah, I'll watch Watkins Glen. I, I think IndyCar. it's like let's bring it like a golf reference into this. Okay. Um, imagine the last hole at TPC Sawgrass. The last hole, or are you talking about seventeen? Last hole. Okay. Last hole. How much corner are you willing to cut? Exactly. To me, it's like that. It's like Long Beach is like, how close are you willing to get to the wall? But the problem is... There may be an incredibly small amount of our audience that actually knows what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you can look it up. We said what it, what it is. Yeah. But it's basically, it's this. It's a golf hole. There's water on the left, and it sort of angles to the left. So, you, And it's a par five. Y- right? you, are, you are teeing up about 45 degrees to the left, like on a 45-degree angle um, to the fairway yeah. with water on the left. So you're cutting water. And it's just how much water are you willing to cut to reach the end of the fairway? Exactly, I love that. I I love the idea of watching it. It's just like, to me, that's what like sport is. It's that risk reward. Risk reward. Okay. And so to me, I get pumped for that at street circuits. But the problem is with racing, is it gets way too hot blooded and people just crash all the time. Whereas in golf, it's like, oh, he hit it in the water, he just drops. Everything continues as normal. Doesn't back everything up yeah. like racing. Yeah. Um. And in racing, I guess like in other sports, you know, you get drivers get that tunnel vision of like, it's all about me in this moment right now. And they just go for it, which is fair enough. But like, you know, you can see how that would breed accidents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You mean like like us, uh, like St. Pete? Yeah, well, also and, like and Australia. Australia. <laughs> Our lost episode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, like yeah. Anyway. So. But yeah, I'm not too I'm not too keen on street circuits. I don't mind Long Beach because it's iconic. You know, it's got a little bit of uh, of history to it, so I, I'll tune in because it's interesting. But it doesn't it doesn't get me going. I guess is a good way to phrase it. No, that's fair. And uh, I know this is irrelevant. I'm not bothered if I miss it. Yeah, that's fair. It, it, like I said, I know this is irrelevant, but I actually really enjoyed driving Long Beach in the simulator that I had. And so I don't know if I just have this affinity for Long Could Beach, be that. but I think it's actually really a cool track when you boil it all down. But yeah. the fountain and everything, just the the layout, it's uh it's pretty sweet. Anyway, since uh that's really all we have for Indian IMSA, since they're going both going to be at the same track, uh, we're just gonna have to wait to see how that plays out. Um, and I think I might be able to watch both those races live this weekend, which is Whoa. actually kind of fun. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know. I don't remember when the last time I actually saw a race live on TV was. I have to record everything. <laughs> I'm always busy. Or it's like at 3 a.m. So I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, you only watched Australia, what, four days afterwards yeah. or something? Like yeah, that? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the only thing other than that is the uh, WC. And. Uh, we also have a WC race this weekend okay. at Port of Mau, okay. which will be interesting. I've never watched the race there. It is a pretty track, so I'm kind of yeah. curious to see how it races and how it is to 
you know, as a spectator watching on TV, basically. I guess it's not really a spectator. You're what, just a ti- viewer. what time is that? Is that going to be like ungodly hour for us again? Uh, I, I kind of hope it is at a weird time. So that way it's offset to the IMSA and Long Beach or uh, all the Long Beach races. Well, yeah, but I don't mind when like, I don't mind when most of the foreign races, if you will, uh-huh. are at like 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. or well, yeah, that, 7 a.m. or something like that. That's not too bad. Well, because that is offset. You know, I guess it's that's like, true. Yeah, that's true. So go ahead and go ahead and do that, and then leave the Indy car or whatever for three in the afternoon or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, my post nap <laughs> Sunday <laughs> afternoon race. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure what time it is actually. I thought about adding that to the website, but I don't know how to add that in a way that's useful information where you don't have to do the conversions anyway. Or maybe that's not a big deal for people or. I wonder if there's a uh, it's something we could talk about off the yeah. off the podcast. Yeah. Um so yeah, Portimao, um and then a couple other things for the WEC. We mentioned this this is the only thing I'll mention again that we mentioned last time is that we have another caddy running at Spa, which is pretty cool. Cadillac. Yes. Um, we did just make a golf reference. I just want to make sure we don't have like some generic <laughs> caddy running at Spa. <laughs> a caddy running up a rouge. <laughs> He's flat out <laughs> still. Um, no, I mean, that's pretty significant because they're going to be running three cars at Le Mans, and so they're going to get some uh, sort of address rehearsals, what they refer to it as, at mm-hmm. Spa for Le Mans. Uh, and then we'll also have the Joda 963 will debut, which yep. is the first customer car uh, for Porsche, which we, is we really did, cool. We did talk about this last episode, yeah. the last episode, customer in quotations. <laughs> it's like Team Joda knows what they're doing. Yeah. Also, I don't. I'm sure it's actually probably a pretty hard process to even get Porsche to sell you one of those. I would imagine. I, so. Of of all of the manufacturers to be overly picky, I would think they're probably at the top of the list. Yeah. You know you know how Ferrari's real picky about their road cars and who gets them? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Porsche's like that, but with their race cars. That would make sense. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, there was some other news. The I'm going to butcher this name. The Isada Fraschini. So also Italian? Yes. Okay, so we're just butchering Italian tonight <laughs> as a unit. Uh, they have a new hypercar okay. for, uh, that's going to be joining this this season, actually, later this year. I think they're hoping... Is this a manufacturer? Yeah. They actually used to be a manufacturer way back. Or uh, I can't remember if they were a manufacturer or coach builder, to be honest. But, okay. Um, they do have sort of a history, automotive history. Um, and... They're hoping to debut at Fuji, and they just did a test that went well, apparently. Fuji for WEC? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's pretty exciting, actually. Huh. And then next year, we have a an LMDH entry from WRT as one of the BMWs. Okay. And a Lamborghini is also entering an LMDH uh, as well. Interesting. So okay. there's going to be a, it's lot getting crowded. Of, a lot of prototypes running. Crowded in a good way. Yes. Very exciting. Um. And then the last thing about sort of the general stuff is uh, Goodyear was selected for the LMGT3 cars next year in WEC. Okay. Which I was kind of surprised about, actually. Is there going to be the supply yeah. all I the Yeah, I mean, tires, I guess they've it's been Michelin forever, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. Okay. I'd, well, but I'd, 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 I am not, I don't have any brand allegiance when it comes to tires. Oh, I absolutely do. Oh, do you? Yes. Michelin? Oh, the best. Okay. 
the best. So, I I have everyone and their grandmother that's ever developed a tire has had immense failures in motorsport at some point. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, they all suck, <laughs> and they're all great. Like there there is no yeah. all these people that are like, oh well, Pirelli does Formula One, and they screwed off this whole season, and it's like. Have you ever looked at what Formula One makes them try and do? Bad, Have bad. you ever sat down and thought, holy goodness, what is going on? The fact that we've gone through like four seasons of Formula One without like having deep conversations about tire compounds is actually kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, that, I feel but bad the for same garbage happened. The same garbage happened with Bridgestone and Michelin back in the early 2000s with Formula One. What was it? Like Indianapolis? Oh, the whole they tire had, gate thing. Yeah, they had like three cars <laughs> yeah. finish. Yeah, no, that was a whole thing. Yeah. So it's like everybody screws all this garbage up, and it's like, all right, all right whatever. I mean, I've never, let me put it this way. Not one single time have I watched a race and gone, Man, I'm so glad this series is running Pirelli. <laughs> well, I mean, neither have I. But I just thought it was interesting that I just they don't. went with Goodyear instead of Michelin. It it is it, it is interesting to see manufacturers or not manufacturers series change. Yeah. But I am also not I I have more of an issue with series choosing to run one tire for the entire series rather than with barring spec series yeah rather than allowing the manufacturers to determine what they think is best for their own vehicle so if ferrari wants to run pirelli and haas wants to run continental and next thing you know haas is winning f1 Mm -hmm. uh, fine why like i don't care that like i i want that kind of stuff i don't want everybody to be sitting back going well we have to use these tires because this is what the series runs. Yeah. I kind of wish we had multiple tire manufacturers, personally. I think that'd be cool. I think every series that is not spec series should go full-on open open tire. Yeah. You agree. name it. You agree. pick whatever you want. Yeah. Hmm. That's why I, I don't care too much about the tires. No, that's I fine. I don't I, pay attention. I, it was I, just a quick mention. I was the last thing I talked about. If somebody's made it all the way to this tire conversation, then they're the diehards, so they won't mind this this tire discussion yeah so well fair enough (laughs) (laughs) it's like a youtube video you ever notice um at the end of youtube videos sometimes they'll do like the like the outtakes and stuff or like Mm -hmm. stuff that's like way out there yeah where all of a sudden you're like i can't believe they put that in the video it's because nobody is ever gonna see it yes yeah exactly. it's like a little easter egg at the end it's great yep my the only thing total total side note yeah but if you're watching, especially on it, I noticed it the most on my TV. If I'm watching YouTube on my television, and like there's an outtake, and I'm like, oh, I'm interested, so I'm watching the end of it, and then like all of the little annotations pop up, and I'm like, oh man, I hope this thing finishes before the annotations. And they finish at the same time that it starts playing a new video. And I'm like, damn it, I don't want to watch this video. <laughs> I just wanted to see the end. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah, I hate that autoplay feature. It's the worst. <sighs> but. All right, well, anyway, that's everything I had here. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Any thoughts on the weekend? No, no, not offhand. Uh, at least not anything pertaining to, to motorsports at the moment. Uh, I guess I'm just interested to see. I, I am excited for Baku in particular just because I like the race, but obviously that's not this weekend, so we'll have yeah. plenty of plenty more time to talk about it and see what's going on. Um, we'll see what's going on with Long Beach, and that's pretty much it. I don't 
I got nothing else. Nothing right. else in the motorsport world. All right, cool. Well, um, <laughs> I almost said thanks for watching again. Uh, I mean, you can. We can make it a theme. <laughs> yeah, make it make it a thing, right? Uh, thanks for listening. Um, check we're out watching. the yeah, we're watching. Uh, it <laughs> check out the website uh, if you get a chance. Uh, we got that new resource page, so you can check out the schedules. Uh, plan out your weekends. Make sure you don't miss any of the races, and you know what's going on in a clear and concise way, without having to go through all the different uh, series pages and figure out everything that way. Um, check out the the new story uh, on the web page as well, and follow us on social media: uh, Instagram Motorsports in Focus, Twitter, and Facebook. Same uh, Motorsports in Focus as well, and. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Dang it, I did it again. <laughs>